Good Wednesday morning. I'm your host, Craig Flood, recording from Boise, Idaho. And today, Dr. John's going to be answering a question that one of the listeners has written in. I'm going to read you guys that question now. So this question comes from Miguel from Italy. And he says, hi, Dr. John. In light of the impact of artificial intelligence, this gentleman has become increasingly curious about its effects on the various aspects of society, especially religion and Christianity. He linked to an article where essentially a sermon was given by ChatGPT, and the question is, can ChatGPT replace a pastor? The concept of this is both fascinating and alarms me, and I found myself grappling with the implications for several months. The bleeding of AI and faith seemed to be a critical development, one that is inspiring and also potentially concerning. John, what are your thoughts on that? Well... AI is going to be very interesting. The world has changed, whether we like it or not. Um, Eric Weingarten, I think his name is, uh, was on Trigonometry the other day talking about it, and he's very good. He's a brilliant quantum physicist. His brother was at uh, that uh, university in your part of the world, or one state over in Washington that closed down over all sorts of uh, nonsense, uh, political correctness. His brother Brett, an interesting couple. Uh, but anyway, um, AI is clearly capable of doing many things better than the, the people who are currently doing them. They won't go, AI won't go on strike. It could certainly run any sort of system to send out standard checks by the university, uh, by the, the government to people in the socially needy categories and it wouldn't be accessible to the unions to manipulate. I don't see any reason at all why that shouldn't happen. And there are an awful lot of other things, because uh, one of the worst things that's happened to medicine in my life is the total uh, takeover by middle-grade managers who are not capable of doing the job. Uh, the, big, the, the Department of Medicine that has grown most dramatically in my lifetime is administration. Canada has got the, the highest administration to physician ratio in the world and its health system is constantly under problems of finance. Uh, the answer is easy, get rid of the middle management and change the system. And AI can do that. So whether we like it or not, our world, our capitalistic world is going to change dramatically. Uh, techniques always do this. Yeah. Slavery, which uh, is in the news a lot for angry people to talk about, uh, disappeared in the end because the Brits, leading the way, uh, made it illegal and then spent a lot of money uh, chasing slavers off the seas. And the bill for that wasn't paid completely until this century. So it's not some... Uh, Slavery is not something the British were proud of in the past, but they can be very proud of the amount of effort, the crusade that they ran to make it illegal around the world. But, of course, it becomes a lot easier to get rid of slavery when you have machinery. I mean, slavery happened throughout the world, throughout all cultures, uh, because if you wanted to do things on any scale, which you need to do if you want to make money and be rich... You needed workers, and if you could get them for free, that was the best. I mean, the word slave comes from Slavic. The first slaves were white, 
around the Mediterranean. And they came largely from the Balkan Peninsula, but as far away as Britain ended up as slaves for sailing round. Um, Tom Sold does the best job in making you look at the history and being black, of course, he can say it more easily than I can. But uh, once, I mean, well, the, the Romans, their slavery was brutal, like the Russians in in the uh, the Gulag. Uh, they they wanted the slaves to be worked to death. That's what they did, and in the galleys, and the, the Chinese are undoubtedly doing it too. Uh, with slave labor for various things in their multiple prisons, and the Uyghurs are probably being the most damaged in that way. But once machinery comes along, wow, what a change. Uh, and the Brits had the, the response. I mean, once techniques came along, weaving as a domestic means of making an income was not viable. It, it didn't last any time at all. The world changed. In fact, of course, it started leading to the creation of wealth. So many people look at wealth as though it's a zero sum. There's a certain amount of wealth in the, the world, and if you got more than me, you must have taken it from me. That's utter nonsense. Wealth has been created. You only have to look at the figures for growth in GDP around the world. Uh, and it took off. Once science had come along and started to produce real techniques, so it took off in the 18th century, and with it, growth in population and everything else. But that's a whole other discussion. But to, to get back to the main charge of what AI will do, it's another, think of it as technique, as machinery, uh, which it is. I tried it out, I'd written an essay, and then I... He gave some clues to AI and uh, sent it off chat GBT, and it came back. And it had two interesting features. One, of course, it picked up a few grammatical errors. There were none. There's none in a chat GPT essay. So smart students who are using it will probably put the odd spelling mistake in there because that will make the professor or whoever's looking at it think that it wasn't done that way. Um, it, it, it's clean, it's usually competent. If you're writing a business letter of any sort or a, a standard letter, it will do it as well as you or better. But it has a tin ear for the things that really matter. And it makes presumptions that, again, we don't think about. I've yet to hear anybody talk about what it will do to science and technology in our world from a moral point of view. Because it presumes that when you are using a, a large language base to look it up, say in the science area, you're presuming that the scientific literature will be true. Now, we know that a lot of it isn't. I haven't seen anybody talk about how that's going to work out. If you put in uh, uh, to chat GPT, I haven't done it, but somebody listening could do it who likes doing these sorts of things, but you... You ask them uh, how COVID should be managed. I think you'll find that the people who thought about it most carefully will not show up very much because they, they have not been a large number. They'll show up more as time goes by. It'll be interesting to do that at regular intervals and see how uh, artificial intelligence 
processes the whole COVID affair and decides what the right pattern of behaviour should be. There's a lot of political pressures in there. No, I think that's going to be difficult. But there's no question that AI will destroy the poorer end of capitalism. Uh, probably we can't do much about that. We have to start thinking about what's going to be the new economic model. What do you mean the poorer end of capitalism? Well, the people are doing boring jobs. That, that could be replaced by AI. That can be replaced by AI. Uh, but they have not, especially as our education system goes down the tubes, you're going to be more and more dependent upon the few people at the, the top end of the normal distribution curve who make all the big steps forward, technically. And they've got to be set free. I mean, the Elon Musks of this world, whatever you think about in so many ways, there's no question the man's a genius. Here uh, And they're the people who will create enough money for us to be able to look after everybody else. But now we have to think about how we do that. Uh, if you want to destroy a man, make him not responsible for his family, because that's, his, that's where his sense of meaning and purpose comes from. That you you look after a family and you raise a family. Well, when the normal way for most people to do that is no longer available to them because it's done automatically by machinery, that's going to be a very different world. Position of saying to people early in the early days of, of uh, putting in pacemakers that. You can't drive with this. Yeah. And that meant some people lost their job. That was devastating. It certainly overwhelmed any benefit they got from having a heart that didn't stop and threaten to kill them. I mean, they were just lost as people. Work is a requirement. If we don't work, we don't turn into good people. So that that's going to be huge. Now, the question is... Real quick, is, I'm going to keep poking here. How just... How would you define work? Well, whatever you do to keep your family going. So a money-generating activity. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the okay. work that matters to most of them. Now, our hobbies come in uh, into another category, and that's good because many of those things cannot be done by AI. So if you look around, uh, we're going to have more money to, to spend on things that can't be done by AI. And nobody's going to be able to look after your electrician for the house or the plumber or those things. That's not going to be done by AI. There's going to be little inputs at various places. Uh, the church in particular should be thinking about this. What are we going to do? How are we going to care for our own community when a, a lot, an increasing proportion of them will be living on some kind of welfare system unless some, some brilliant person comes up with another way of doing this? Um, I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, it's just... You're saying because AI is coming up, it's probably going to displace a bunch of workers because their jobs won't necessarily be needed, which might put them on some kind of welfare system, which then leads me to Elon Musk is a supporter of universal basic income, which is cash handout distributed to people of a state or a region because their jobs are no longer needed due to automation. 
So that's yeah, kind of what you're talking about here. That's one solution. I mean, and I don't have other solutions outside the church. I do see a solution in the church. What's that? Well, the church in the Middle Ages was the center of everything that mattered. Um, I would much prefer to see not money given to everybody uh, because you need some filtering process given particularly our current opioid crisis, for instance. If you give everybody a check, it would solve the problem because they'd kill themselves much quicker. But that's not a solution we want because the ripple effect will destroy society as a whole. Um, So you're looking for trustworthy structures. Now, here we come to the biggest question of all. I pointed out that AI is going to have difficulty with dealing with the scientific and indeed any literature that has outcomes that are important to other people and truth doesn't. It assumes that when it looks at a large language base, it can sort that out. I'm interested in seeing whether it does. I think Professor uh, Fogel, yeah, Robert, oh, gee, I'm at the stage where names disappear. Uh, Professor of Economics, Nobel Prize winner in Chicago, who wrote a book called The Fourth Great Awakening. He's dead now, uh, but he was concerned about the fact that he didn't trust his students in the most prestigious department of economics in the world, Chicago, uh, at the beginning of this century. Uh, He realized that was a problem because at the heart of banking is trust. Without trust, you can't do banking because you get ripped off. The reason the Jews ran the banking system in uh, Europe for so long, so effectively, and still do, not so well because they've lost the strength of Judaism that they had, is that they had been conditioned over many centuries that you must keep your promises. So you could charge whatever interest rate somebody would be willing to pay, but you mustn't charge them a penny more. And you were not allowed to charge an interest to your brother. Now, Uh, that made it possible for them to run the banking system because they could be trusted to behave within those rules. They would be very tough businessmen to deal with. But they were reliable and they kept their promises. Darwin's world doesn't give us promise-keeping. You can't get promise-keeping in a Darwinian world. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's a battle of the genes. The only thing that matters to somebody in that world is can I get away with what I'm doing and are my genes benefited? So the the problems that we have as we go in this direction have much more to do with whether our character can be adequate for the society we're in. Now, looking about what's happening, what happens in your Congress, which uh, unlike anywhere else, uh, I mean, it's so open to the public and you see people being questioned are up for jobs as judges or whatever, and they lie or refuse to answer the whole time. It's quite clear that the major problem is any openness and honesty about what's going on. So if you looked at all their output, you could say what sorts of things they say. Most of it would be, I'm not going to answer that question. They constantly paddle their way around everything. And AI is going to be have no capacity to draw from that the fact that 
except they can say, this person doesn't actually tell you anything about what they do. Uh, you can't run the system on that basis. Our politics are already pretty shady. They're only going to get worse on this basis. So I'm waiting to see a serious discussion of the morality of AI. How does it deal with a, with a society that has no moral standards or diminishing moral standards? Now, the church, therefore, is the one bit where it should be possible, at least if we are honest about our own history, that we can make a difference. The final question, would you attend an AI church service? No, it won't do it. It won't work uh, because now we open another huge subject which uh, comes into teaching. But Jesus says to Nicodemus, you cannot get to the point where you understand what I'm saying in the way that you want to until you are born of the Spirit. You know, I know, every Christian knows, any genuine Christian, that every now and again, God can send a bolt from the blue that hits you between the eyes and stops you dead in your tracks. Um, I presume he could do it through chat GPT, but there's something about interacting with people being uh, human contact. Here. Uh, it is so important. Uh, what's, what will be missing from AI is what Polanyi called tacit knowledge, the things that we know but we cannot explain. Uh, and they are, they are huge parts and important parts of human life. Falling in love is tacit knowledge. Both of you know when it's happened, but neither of you know how it happened, and you can't really explain it to anyone else. The same applies to conversion. Um, how human relationships develop when you can't describe them, how can AI help with that? It can't. But within the church where you live together, you know who's strong and who's weak. You don't have to be told that. Um, I love an example from Africa where a missionary went to talk to them, the Maasai. It's a lovely book. Um, it's on my book list. You, you have to find it. Um, Irish name, but forgotten the title again. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll come back just after we stop talking. But uh, he'd been a, a Catholic priest on the edge of the Maasai area, and like so many missionaries, they built a compound within which they live to their own standards, which are palatial by comparison with the local environment, and that's a problem. Uh, but he was concerned that in 100 years or so, there were no converts from the Maasai. So he persuaded his bishop to allow him to go and live with the Maasai for a while, to leave the compound. And then nomadic, of course, and he found a, a group who would have him, and uh, he said, I wanted to tell you my story of belief. And they all sat down and listened, and uh, some said yes and some said no. And he, of course, being a very individualistic West person, said to one group that said, yeah, we'll become Christian. And uh, he said, but that guy over there, he's gone to sleep in most of the discussion. And the chief very gently corrected and said, do you not think that we know who is strong and who is weak? 
we will become Christian, and he will come with us. Our sense of individualism is very, very recent. And one of the joys of going to Africa is seeing that the idea that the community should play a role in the important decisions in anybody's life um, it's, it's going to be eroded very quickly. Once you send people off to make money in the city, it's dead. But in the village, it's not. I remember a young man being told that he'd uh, been given a scholarship to go to the U.S. and uh, he didn't immediately jump up and down. Asked, you don't seem too excited. He said, I, I don't want to get excited until I've talked to the village to see whether they will let me go. Not just the village, the community. And there's a lot to be said for that, uh, but it also it can lead to a very restrictive society. Truth. These things are not straightforward. There's a lot more involved. Uh, the idea of tacit knowledge that Polanyi brought up, and, uh, and uh, you can find it in... Newbegin's work it is most accessible for its uh, foolishness to the Greeks would be where I'd start. The world we live in. Thank you, Miguel, for writing in that question. And if you guys want to ask questions to Dr. Don just like this, you can find links in the description below and you can ask Dr. Don. In fact, I think it's www.johnpatrick.ca forward slash ask. We'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.